On this episode of Sessions, we chat with community builder and connector Mickey Reynolds. Tune in for an elaboration on her job title, a discussion about her company, Grid 110, and to hear her breakdown of five steps to forging your own career path. Welcome to Sessions by Matt Black, a podcast by and for the creative class focused on digging into the things that make brands and campaigns go from good to great. I am Chelsea Matthews. I am the founder and creative director of Matt Black, and I'm super excited to be sat here with Mickey Reynolds. Um, She is a community builder and connector who has recently kind of ventured um, into some new career territory, which I'll let her tell in a minute. But first and foremost, we always have to do a quick, quick fire. We got to get to know you, Mickey. Of course. (laughs) What is your pet peeve? So I have a few, but um, in thinking about this, uh, loud chewers and kind of repetitive sounds. So apparently there's a new word that scientists have created for this. It's called misophonia. And it's an abnormal irritation to sound. So people that kind of chew and tap their teeth or repetitive tapping or even loud keyboard typing, there's like an innate irritation that comes within me. Um, And I've heard about this from other people as well. And there have been a few interesting like BuzzFeed posts and articles about that this is an actual phenomenon that people just get irrationally like irritated by things like this. Whoa, (laughs) that is fascinating. What's it called? Mesophobia? Misophonia. 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 That's interesting. Okay. And then a total transition off that. What's your go-to karaoke song? So this is actually kind of funny. Um, I'm half Japanese, so I feel like I'm being a traitor to my people when I say (laughs) that I actually don't like karaoke, but there is one song that I would probably do hands down and and really enjoy and probably kill, and it's Shoop by salt and Pepper. Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, yes. I already love you that much more. (laughs) Who's your doppelganger? Uh, I've been told this a couple of times, and I think it's just maybe the Asian eyes that I have, but... Uh, Bjork. I can kind of see it. <laughs> I can kind of see it. You're like a far more conservative. Yes. yes. <laughs> I don't see you in a swan outfit like today. A t-shirt and jeans, tomboy Bjork. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> um, well, cool. I feel like I know you that much more. So tell me what you're up to. We first got connected um, through your affiliation with General Assembly, yeah. which is an incredible um, education platform school, mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever you would call it. And now you're pursuing new pastors. Like talk, talk to me about what's up. Yeah. So, uh, I have spent the past three years working at general assembly. Um, I've always worked in tech or kind of tech adjacent careers pretty much my entire career. And, uh, with general assembly, I was kind of looking for my next thing after leaving a software development company and being in downtown and trying to kind of connect with the, the tech and creative community in downtown and really kind of struggling to find that sense of community there. And uh, so I joined GA to kind of launch the downtown extension. Um, and over the past three years, have met some really amazing and awesome people that are doing things in tech and creative startups, community building. Um, obviously, that's how we cross paths and uh, really enjoy that experience. And so kind of looking into the future and what I wanted to do next, I felt like, with GA, I kind of had come there and I'd done the thing that I wanted to do and kind of felt really accomplished with the downtown community that we'd been able to develop and was looking for the next thing, the next challenge. 
And uh, at the same time that I started at GA about three years ago, I met with some individuals, entrepreneurs that were in downtown that either lived or worked in downtown and we're looking to kind of develop that sense of community um, and help to see if there were ways if we could figure out how to kind of activate the startup ecosystem in downtown. It's very much well established on the west side with Silicon Beach and Santa Monica, Venice, Playa Vista. Um, but in downtown, it just seemed a little bit fragmented. So we were like, what can we do about this? And so we developed a nonprofit, nonprofit community and economic development organization called Grid 110. Um, it, essentially, at the heart of it, uh, it provides office space, mentoring, and resources to early-stage startup founders and teams uh, that are interested in kind of developing their businesses in downtown L.A. That's so cool. Yeah. And is there, like, a specific kind of company and startup that you're really kind of focused on and attracted to, or what's the model? Yeah, so the first two years that we ran the program, um, we were focusing on fashion tech. And we kind of picked that because of downtown L.A. and the proximity to the fashion district and a lot of e-commerce was going on in Los Angeles in general. And so we kind of picked that area of focus. So we became known as the Fashion Tech Accelerator. Um, so now this year, going into our third year uh, with me moving on board, kind of full-time running the program and wanting to see how we could scale the program as well. We were working with five startups a year, um, so 10 startups total and really trying to figure out how can we scale this and work with more companies, um, help them develop more jobs, help them move into the community. And so we decided to be, uh, kind of reach out beyond just fashion tech. And so our current cycle, actually, we're accepting applications right now. Um, the applications close at the end of the month on August 31st, and uh, it's targeted towards any vertical um, and there's two programs, actually. There's one that's focusing on um, idea stage entrepreneurs, so somebody who has an idea but not really sure what to do with it or where to go with it. And it could be somebody who's working full-time in a job but has this thing that they're really excited about getting off the ground on the side, like a passion project. Um, but they need the tools and the skills to kind of figure out, how do I make this a viable business? And then the second track is more similar to what we've been doing the past few years, which is more of like the like a pre-accelerator incubator of sorts of um, having companies move into a space, working with them closely, helping them develop their businesses and kind of scale whatever their milestones are. And is this um, like a kind of operationally, is this much like any other accelerator you hear about where you're kind of really incubating these brands and getting involved from an equity standpoint? Or how do you kind of help facilitate and fund that. Yeah, so we, uh, we're a nonprofit organization and we have not in the past charged and we don't take any equity. We also don't provide any funding. Wow. Um, and so we're continuing to do that with this next cycle. It really is about economic development for us. It's how can we help these companies get to the next stage of their businesses? How can we help them um, hire people in downtown, creating tech jobs, um, get them into offices themselves that they're looking to kind of broaden and grow? We've had two companies that we've worked with in the past from our first cohort establish their own office spaces in downtown, double their teams. One of them got acquired. So things like that, what we see, are just really promising. And, and the ROI for us is that we're able to kind of help contribute um, to, in that way. That's amazing. Yeah. So are you kind of community funded or is it like, okay. Yeah, amazing. so we, uh, corporate sponsorships, um, grants. We got a, actually just got a grant through the city, which is enabling me to come on um, full time. And then we'll continue to kind of move into uh, foundational support, other grants, and, and figuring out other ways that we can be sustainable so that we can actually scale this much larger. Yeah. And then what do you look for? Like you've obviously kind of been between General Assembly mm -hmm. and Grid 110 and, you know, whatever else you've done in your career, you're obviously, you have a lens for yeah. great 
thought leaders and you know educators and companies mm -hmm. what what is that lens it's it's a little bit of a mix of the individual or the team um, and kind of what their background is and how well they know the space that they're in and how excited they are um, and and the product itself and is this something that we feel like it's different from something that we've seen in the past um, are they doing it in a different way? Is there some type of disruption to it? Do we feel like they've got something um, between the two of those, between the team and the product that can really make them successful? Amazing. And so, you know, you've had like a really interesting career trajectory. Like it all very much intertwines, mm -hmm. but there's kind of these, like anything, there's that kind of evolution that you have. Um, what would you say are the five steps to forging your own career path? How do you help yourself in figuring out these things that you want to do in the evolution of your own career, but yeah. also by nature of grid 110, you're helping cultivate that yep. within other people? Yeah, I've actually had uh, similar conversations a lot in the past with working at General Assembly and talking to people who are kind of mid-career changers, and I've done this in my past, and now I'm looking to do something completely different, but I'm not really sure how to make that transition. Uh, I've talked to people that are recent grads and you know, kind of just needing some mentoring support. Like, I want to do what you do. You look like you have so much fun doing what you're doing. How can I do that? Um, and so when I was thinking about kind of my career path and how I've gotten here, um, I think one of the first things was to always be learning and to stay curious. Uh, when I got out of college, I really didn't know what I wanted to do career-wise. I knew I wanted it to be in, like, the digital and online space. So that was the one thing I knew, hands down. Um, I love the internet, and I love everything that it's enabled. And so when I graduated, this was pre-iPhones, pre-smartphones. Um, Facebook wasn't really a thing for me in college, and so I just knew that there was something very special about this space. Um, so for me, it was doing internships in online opportunities and being a brand ambassador for something that was online. Um, just really learning things on the go and on the job um, and kind of exploring and taking the time to talk to people about what they were doing um, and just always being curious about people. And so if I see somebody, even to this day, who's like, they do something really cool or they have an awesome product or they've got a great story, like how did they get there and kind of like figuring out how they got there. Everybody's got unique paths for how they got there, um, and it's not always replicable, um, and it's not always something that may, may work for you. Um, and so I think figuring out the things that you like and don't like, like I am a huge advocate for social media, I live and breathe it, but I don't really enjoy doing it as part of a job. And I feel like the way that I can be most authentic with it is just like me as me talking um, through Twitter or Instagram and not necessarily as a brand. Uh, I know people like yourself and your team are you know, excellent at doing stuff like that and storytelling and really being to showcase a brand through the lens of social media. And for me, I think it's just something that I just do for fun. But yeah. I, I knew that was something I didn't want to do for work. Um, the second thing I would say is to always be building. Um, and so that's kind of been something from my career uh, of always wanting to build something. So whether it was an online product or an application, um, working in software development, um, to then working and building a community of people and kind of sh creating opportunities for them to connect through shared experiences. Um, that has always been something that's been really important to me. And so it's something that you can do through work, but it's also something you can do through yourself, you know, starting from the bottom and, and working your way up somewhere, whether you're starting as an intern, um, I started my career as an executive assistant and kind of working up from there and just learning as much as possible. Um, the people that we talked to at, at General Assembly who are kind of the mid-career changers, 
I, we talk about transferable skills, and it's like if you came from one industry, you can absolutely transfer into tech because you've got these transferable skills. Maybe you were a project manager. Maybe you were a graphic designer. Now you're looking to do user experience design or visual design or designing products and apps and things like that. You have transferable skills that you can always be building on. Um, and then I would say that uh, in continuing to kind of build uh, relationships that you have through life. Um, there are people that I've found as kind of life mentors and peer mentors, and I feel like it's really important to build and nurture relationships and not burn any bridges because you never know who you're going to encounter in the future or how that relationship might be able to help you in the future. Um, I think a lot of people, they think that they meet somebody and they have to have an ask right then and there, and I think it's just you know, nurture that relationship authentically, and at some point something will arise where it's the right fit or the right opportunity, and that person will have kept you in mind for that. I love that. Um, the third thing I would say, uh, it's kind of a life mantra for me, um, is to be a maverick. And so that word maverick um, holds kind of like some special meaning to me. And so def dictionary definition is an unorthodox or independent-minded person. And I've always been attracted to people that are kind of blazing their own trails and doing things that are so different from other people, um, like the Steve Jobs of the world, the Elon Musks, um, people that have created uh, their own industries or are just doing things that are so different or we're told that they shouldn't be doing, um, you know, with, especially with women in tech. I think there's a lot of talk around that, you know, currently today. Um, but I think that uh, when you find something that you're excited about and interested in, there may be a lot of social commentary about it, or even people close to you that are saying, like, do you really want to be doing that? But where there's a will, there's a way. Um, and I think that you can learn to trust your own instinct and intuition into things like that. So if you feel like this is something that you are destined to be doing, um, find a way to do it. Do it. Yeah. It's really interesting because there was um, a, a conversation recently at a conference I went to where, you know, it's the especially when we're talking about tech, it's a constant conversation about our robots going to take away our jobs, <laughs> you know, like on the highest level. And, you know, one of kind of the key sentiments and takeaway points throughout several conversations was that, sure, like robots are probably going to take away jobs, but then there are mavericks in mm -hmm. the world who are going to create new ones. Yeah. And so it's the natural evolution of technology and of people. And so what you're saying with like being a maverick, I think is really an important sentiment and also is like something that people should trust a little bit more. Yeah. Like when you're scared of change and you're scared that traditional jobs might go away, like new jobs will come because there are people who are thinking yeah, absolutely. big. I love that. Um, and then I think also to kind of like the same point, um, in kind of blazing your own trail, your own career path, whatever that is for you. Uh, a friend of mine, Bailey Hancock, who kind of has developed her own uh, career opportunities for herself and freelancing and kind of, she coins the term multi-passionate, um, as I think, you know, a lot of people do this and this and this and this. Multi-hyphenate, yeah. yeah, all that. Um, and she has uh, this uh, term or phrase that she kind of coined that's like the career ladder versus the career lattice. And so in talking about people and exploring career opportunities and like what's the right fit for you, uh, we always hear about the career ladder, like climbing the corporate ladder, the career ladder. It's, you know, the next phase, getting that promotion, working within that company and kind of rising. And then where do you go from there? Um, our career paths aren't always linear. And I think for the most part, they aren't. 
And there was a time when my, when my career path felt very linear, and then I got to a point where I, w I felt really accomplished and really successful, but I wasn't really happy with what I was doing. You know, I got the title, I, I had the salary that I wanted, but I didn't enjoy what the work that we were doing, the product that we were working on. And so the concept of like the career lattice is that you may go in a diagonal direction, or you may go backwards, or a step to the side. Um, and I think that the lives that we're living right now, they're not like our parents or our grandparents where you worked the same company for 40 years and then you retired. It's, you know, you may be doing something for two, three years and then switch jobs or completely switch career fields. Or I think every decade, um, the life that we have is an opportunity to explore something new and different. So if you're not sure what you want to do right now, you're going to figure it out. And then maybe there are five things that you want to do, and you'll have the chance to do all of those five things at some yeah, point. That's amazing. Um, and then kind of along those lines is uh, really resist the urge to compare your path to others. And I think that is a really common trend, especially with social media and people seeing you know, the comparisons on Instagram of all of these influencers and people living amazing lives and doing all these fun things. And you're like, why can't I be doing that? But I feel like that only shows one aspect, and it shows what people want you to see. Um, and I think that even when you're comparing yourself to your high school friends, college friends, other people in your industry, and you're like, why am I not there, or why do, have I not found something, um, I think that can be a dangerous place to be. And just know that your, your path is your own path, and uh, the paths of other people are probably just as messy and are just you know multi-pronged and however they got there it may have seemed easy to you but it probably was not yeah um, and so I think it's just uh, trying to just focus on yourself and not try to compare yourself with other people um, and then kind of a point that you actually just made was um, people being scared of certain things and so I think the place that I've come to in my career path is I felt accomplished in certain senses and was kind of trying to figure out what else did I want to do, and I really wanted to focus on the things that I was scared of doing or the things that I felt would challenge me. And so kind of taking that leap from working a, uh, I wouldn't say corporate job, but working for an established company and a brand and kind of taking that proverbial leap off the cliff and jumping into this opportunity with Grid 110, where in the past, my entire career, I've kind of had the opportunity to be a really awesome first lieutenant to great leaders. And so I was always the person that was the executor, um, the person that got shit done, the person that people turned to to kind of make things happen, but it was always somebody else's strategy and kind of vision and helping them execute on things. And people would ask me, do you ever want to do something of your own or be a founder or this and that? And for me, I just always enjoy supporting other people's visions and kind of how can I help you bring something to life? And I think the opportunity that I've had with General Assembly and the opportunity that I now have with Grid 110 actually marries that perfectly because I have the opportunity to step into this kind of commander-in-chief role as the executive director for Grid 110, but it's supporting the visions and passions um, of other entrepreneurs and finding products and services and people that we're really excited about and helping them succeed. Yeah. I think that that's so, so inspiring. There's so many like nuggets in everything that you said that I think is so critical for not even just like career change or like thinking through career path, but really just being a great contributor mm -hmm. to a team or as a business owner or a leader or whatever. Um, something that you had said, you know, tied to the always be building. 
um, I kind of mentioned this right before we, we started recording, but is, uh, you know, someone that I met recently is a very accomplished, you know, uh, business owner and sold their company for a lot of money and has made a lot of fun investments and so on and so forth. And, you know, uh, kind of picture perfect, like has it all together, could hire any smart person he wants to hire, but decided to go to general assembly Mm -hmm. to take the 10 week digital marketing course because he wanted to learn how to hire smart people in a field that he was somewhat green to, but that would have great impact on all of his companies and, you know, investments and so on and so forth. And so I think that that's like something that definitely resonated, uh, with me is, you know, like a hunger to learn no matter what. And then, you know, maybe that will uncover like a maverick moment, you know, maybe it'll uncover something that you just like weren't thinking about before and, you know, shifts, shifts the model or whatever. So, so many good nuggets in there. Yeah. And it's the humility, I think, to know what you don't know or aren't good at and recognizing that within yourself, but wanting to be better at it. And so taking that initiative to say, how can I learn more about this space or learn how to hire better or um, improve as an individual, as a business owner, as a person and strive towards that. Yeah. That's actually, um, now for us when we're hiring and going through interview processes is one of our main questions is, you know, what's your learning style? Mm -hmm. Because you can really tell a lot from somebody granted they're in an interview, so they're not exactly going to be like, uh, (laughs) I don't, but you know, it is interesting to see the kind of responses you get and like that, the natural tendency for people who are kind of eager to learn and like problem solve versus the opposite. Yeah. Well, this is amazing. Um, I really kind of appreciate your insight and I, I think that, um, there's obviously a lot of young, entrepreneurs or business owners and startups that are constantly just kind of trying to figure out like, how do I get there? Right. Like to your point, there are plenty of companies that look like everything is hunky dory and it's, you know, glossy and, you know, sexy through social, but are like struggling to make payroll. Um, what would you say is kind of a, a piece of advice or, or maybe, you know, as someone who has mentors and now you're kind of menteeing, mm-hmm. is that the right word? Menteeing, Men- mentoring. mentoring. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> uh, mentoring other like, you know, uh, young companies, like what's kind of, what's something you, you feel like is a resounding piece of advice that you leave people with? Um, I think the one thing that we've noticed is kind of a common trend, you know, people get very attached to their ideas and they feel like they've got the unicorn idea or they're doing something that is so different from everybody else, I think it really is be open to listening to feedback um, and what people have to say and seek that feedback out. Uh, I think when you're so head down and kind of building something and you're not soliciting feedback, you're not getting you know user feedback from your potential audience, you're not getting investor or advisor feedback, or you're not listening to it, um, I think that you could be missing something that is so key. I was talking to a friend of mine who is kind of going through some executive coaching right now. So she's a a new founder um, building kind of an AI chatbot related company. And she recently just started uh, working with an executive coach. And I think she was kind of hesitant to seek out 
people to talk to, just, you know, however that comes across to people, whether it's a feeling of shame or that I don't know something or that I'm seeking out help or even just being open to that help. Um, and so I think that's the one thing that we've come across when talking to people, whether it's individuals or companies or um, even if it's, you know, you working in, a, in an office, it's finding those opportunities where you can get feedback on your work and how can I be better and what am I doing right and where can I improve? Um, and so I think always kind of continuing to take that type of mindset forward. I love it. Well, to kind of tie a bow on this um, podcast of ours, I have a couple of closing questions right. for you. If you could pursue any other career, what would it be and why? So I have two. One of them was, I think, something that I thought of as a kid that I wanted to pursue and decided that it was not the right route for me and I wanted to be a pilot. Um, wow. I had never, I, I love flying. Um, the kind of act of it is still so magical to me that we get to do this thing and defy gravity and go all around the world so easily or seemingly easily. Um, and the taking off moment is always like this magical experience where I have to look out the window and kind of experience that lift off from the ground. And growing up, I had never seen a female pilot. And I, now that there are more, but it's still very much rare. Uh, yeah, it's very rare. And so that was something I took a flying lesson when I was like 13 years old, in like the single engine plane. And I loved it. It was so fun. It was so freeing. And if I could have any, you know, superhero power, it would be to fly. Um, and I actually thought about joining the Air Force Academy to like get the government to pay me to learn how to fly fighter jets. And my dad was, he went to the Navy and he was like, I don't think this is a good idea for you. <laughs> He's like, no, honey. Yeah. And then I actually took a ground school class at a local city college like a few years ago. And then I took another flight lesson and I got so airsick because you could feel mm. every bump and move on the plane. And I think I realized it was probably best just to do that for fun in a you know very secure plane. Um, versus having gone down that route. Maybe so, at some point, like a private pilot's license or something, just to have the freedom to do that. And then the other one, uh, it's, I call it um, my very non-digital digital kind of analog career would be to be a florist and just deliver flowers to people. Um, because I think the feeling that you get when you hand somebody flowers and you see the look on their face, it's just kind of priceless. So. Oh my gosh, I <laughs> totally hear you on that. Where can we find you? Like plug you personally. Yeah. I know you said you're pretty active on social media. Yeah. yeah. So I'm at Mixter, M-I-K-S-T-E-R on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I kind of don't really use Snapchat anymore, but that's I know. Yeah, it's all about Instagram stories. <laughs> Me too. Um, and then uh, for Grid 110, it's at Grid 110, G-R-I-D 110 on Instagram and Twitter as well. Where did the name Grid 110 come from? So we're downtown-based team and group. Um, the concept that we had visually in our head was people being able to plug in and kind of get connected and get the resources and things that they need. So there was this very, like, electrical current type of thing. And downtown being very, like, grid-oriented. So there was grid. And then the 110 freeway, which passes right through downtown, which I think is the oldest freeway in Los Angeles as well. So that's kind of how it came to be. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time, Mickey. Thank I you. really appreciate it. Love being here. Yay. And you can actually scour the Shapeshift Report site at www.shapeshiftreport.co and you will find an article from Mickey. Um, so be sure to check that out. And you can also follow along at 
shape shift report across all social channels. Thank you so much. Thanks, Johnson.